We have so many stories in our lives, but our stories are not always heard. On the Hear My True Story podcast, we tell our own true stories. Before the white car backed, our head teacher had scattered. Looking at him, I could only see his tie that was flying backwards, waving at us, and he disappeared in thin air. I want to share my life story. I want to share my voice with the people because I know that uh, just a small joke I can tell through this, this podcast, it will make someone smile. When you ask me what I fear most in life, I would definitely respond to you and say it's fear itself. We are fighting for togetherness. We are fighting for equal rights. We are fighting to end injustice. You don't have to be a storyteller or writer because, guess what? Life writes the best stories. Hear my true stories. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast. Hear my true stories. Yeah, uh, our dear listeners, thank you so much for joining us this week again on Hear My True Story podcast. It is me, your host, Otako. Yes, I'm always excited to have you guys listening to this podcast. It makes us really, really, really happy. Uh, on today's episode, we shall be talking much about activism, getting to know the person that we are talking to. She will talk about her work. Then she will also talk about what she does and why she chose to do activism and what kind of activism. Where exactly, in which field does she really do her activism? This week's special guest on your favorite podcast. Hear my true story. And before we start, I would like to ask our guest to maybe introduce yourself so that the people who are listening to this podcast can get to know who is behind that microphone, who is behind that computer. Yeah, who is who is the person that is speaking so please our dear guest i would like you to briefly introduce yourself and your work uh thank you so much otako i'm so privileged to be part of the podcast and uh yes introducing myself my name is ndagire joanita joshira i am a survivor of human trafficking i'm an activist i'm an artist particularly a filmmaker. And um, I, love, I love art. That is one of my top passions. And uh, I love um, being and living in a just community. Thank you. Yes, Joan, thank you so much for your beautiful and wonderful introduction. So, should I be calling you Ndagire or should I call you Joan? I mean, you can let me know which, Ndag- is, the, which is the best Ndagire. way. Ndagire. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll call you Ndagire. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, you talked about yourself and you introduced that you are an activist. At the same time, you are a survivor of human trafficking. Anyway, before we, we, we talk so much... I mean, why? What is it really that made you like? What is the story behind you saying you're a survivor of human trafficking? 
that's if you wish to share i mean you don't have to yes uh i want the world to to know the lines between externalization of labor especially for for the girls who go to the gulf to do domestic work so i will with pleasure share my story at least a little bit to the listeners um most of us mostly don't know that we are trafficked but it's trafficking because there is exploitation a lot of exploitation due to underpayment uh extra work actually not even extra work a lot of work that that can be done by even more than four people is done by one person and i was there and i saw it i went to oman in 2016 and uh, i had a very very bad experience because i got sick uh from from the too much work and i i almost died there uh my life really never remained the same even when i came back to uganda because as i speak now i'm a person who is uh one of the best friends to the hospital not because i i i have any chronic disease but because one day i was trafficked so uh it is very sad that uh in our community we still praise externalization of labor but the truth is when we when we go to these countries especially to work as housemaids we lose a lot especially our minds our physical life and and sometimes our understanding our health never remains the same uh actually the way like when you leave you leave complete but you come back with so many pieces lost and at the end of the day the people you left behind become victims of again working hard to make sure that you live to make sure that you don't die which is really sad because people like our parents and our siblings go through a lot to have us back to our feet my father oh my god he he did a lot my mother my siblings they went through a lot to see that i live after coming back from oman and um i'm sorry in most cases it is it is not easy but the truth is uh, we don't remain the same and i want to tell the world that it is not safe until it is safe i survived but i know many of my friends who died so me surviving was a miracle because i even normally tell people i died at least for 7 hours and i i 
I just got a second chance to live. Mm. I am alive because I was I was given a second chance to live and when I got that second chance I promised God that I asked God to help me come back home and and say goodbye to my family instead of dying from from afar I didn't know that I would spend some, even a year, even more than two months alive when I came back. But here I am today in 2022 uh, speaking about it and telling the world the truth about it. Mm. So... That's where I get my courage to mm. tell the world that I'm a survivor of human trafficking and also an advocate against human trafficking. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your, your your story and why and how you ended up being a survivor of human trafficking. I I, I mean, uh, uh, it's really sad that there's so many young people from East Africa and Uganda who end up as victims of human trafficking in the Arab countries and maybe in the Middle East as far as that, just to go and work, but they end up in the chain of human trafficking. But I want to just ask you a question. You are free to talk about it. How did you end up there in Oman? What really, I mean, what was it that, how did you end up there? How, how, I mean, someone may want to know how can someone from Uganda just end up in Oman? Um, there is a, a short film that we did. It's called I Sold Me. Mm. I Sold Me Out. In a, in a nutshell, I could say I sold myself out in ignorance people think that people who went to school cannot be ignorant you can be knowing a lot of things but ignorant about many things as a learned person because by that time i already had a diploma in law hello i think our dear listeners we lost joanne maybe we can get back when she's up online Perhaps if she's not there, you know, most times we try to use internet and sometimes it breaks down. But the moment when John comes back online, I will definitely have her continue to share with us her story. Welcome to a brand new episode. Hear my true story. Yeah, our dear listeners, I'm really sorry. We had challenges with internet. I think my computer had a problem and then we broke from some, somewhere and I couldn't really hear our guest and she couldn't also hear me at the same time. So that's the challenge of doing online things, doing things uh, virtual. Yeah, trying to podcast with someone not in German at the moment. The person lives in Uganda and then we have to converse, we have to talk about these wonderful conversations. But anyway, my guest, I'm sorry for this inconvenience. 
that we had as well yeah uh i would like you to maybe ask again the same question that um how did you as a person end up to be in oman i mean you live in uganda someone maybe listening would ask themselves mm-hmm. how can someone end up in that situation how is it what what are the tricks that are played to people in uganda or maybe in east africa um i would say that uh, it is unfortunate that there are many people who are literate but they are illiterate at the same time take an example of myself i had a diploma in law by the time i was trafficked and someone would think that a person with knowledge of law cannot be trafficked and the truth is most of the people don't know that they are trafficked they actually think they are going for external labor but the truth is uh it's it's just selling you out i have a short film called i sold me out i did it with someone but this is the truth we we sell ourselves out from the people who pursue us giving us all hopes of better life giving us examples of people we don't even take time to research about telling us that these people have been successful because of uh going abroad to work as housemaids and most times you don't have even apply to be a housemaid an example of myself i did not apply to go work and work as a housemaid i applied to go and work as a receptionist and as told i was going to earn 1.5 and then it reached a time and they told me there was a mix up and my passport was put with uh, the people who were going to work as housemaids it was skeptical but of course i had determined myself to go and work because i had i had push factors you know that were pushing me first of all uh there was someone someone who needed urgent help and uh sadly i sacrificed myself and also apart from that you know we have ambitions in life i had my own ambitions as a girl i didn't want to go any other way to look for money but i wanted to work for myself get money from my own sweat and and develop myself things like that then i applied to go and work as a receptionist and at the end of the day i ended up uh, in oman working as a housemaid earning 600,000 from 1.7 and yet when they changed to telling me that i am going to earn uh i i am going mistakenly my passport was put in those who want to go as housemaids and my visa is for housemaids so they told me but don't worry you're going to earn 900,000 now reaching oman i realized that it was a lie at the, uh, again <clears throat> they ended up paying me 600,000 and even my going 
I went through Kenya-Uganda border. I did not go through Entebbe Airport. And you see, these are people who have offices in Kampala. And some of these people are also authorized by government, given permits to, to take people abroad. And sadly, when they take us from Uganda, they take us to these other countries like Kenya, where I was. I was we were put in a certain wretched hotel, very old. It could even fall on us. It was... If it rained, it were like we had a pool in that hotel. And then they keep us for some time in that hotel. Now, when when I added all these events, I decided to tell this man to take me back home. And the people I found there told me that I need to calm down because for them, some of them have been there for months. So who do you think, who do I think I am? to to come in just a few days and think that I will be going. So I insisted, I told this man, please, you told me that the reason why you could not give me my position to go work as a, a receptionist in a hotel was because my my passport was mistakenly put in the passports of those who are uh, going to do uh, domestic work. Now, at the same time, you're telling me my passport is not out, which is which. So it was all skeptical. And the sad thing is that we see all these red flags, but because we are determined to to get something out of it, we think that what we want to get is more important than our lives. Everything, my travel through crossing the border was so 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 scary because I was on a border border. A border border is a motorcycle. I was on a border border with a man. We passed through some thick forest. You can imagine myself and this man alone in that thick forest. Now my life was all at risk through the travel, through everything. And and you see, these people make us pay money. That's why I said <laughs> the the title of the other short film is I sold me. I sold me out. So uh, how, how much do they make you to pay money to be to end up to going through this? I mean, how much did the traffickers tell you that? Oh yeah, did you, of course you didn't know that you are being trafficked because <laughs> they told you about the job and then you know you are you are getting around 160 euros per month, which someone may not be able to get in Uganda. And then you are mm-hmm. you are using the the border. I mean the airport that is not a Ugandan airport, which is Kenya airport. I mean, what are the reasons they yes. gave you at that point? I mean, you saw the red flags, just like you said, and you had already paid your money. How much? How much did you pay? Uh, they asked for nine thousand in total, but I remember it is we paid the three hundred. I always paid 300,000. I'm not sure about that, but I remember they asked for 390,000. <clears> and uh, we looked for this money. We looked for this money. That's like 100 euros. We paid the money. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and to tell you the truth, uh, many people pay even millions. They sell their land and pay uh, 5 million and above. 
and they end up being trafficked, you know? Mm. And at the end of the day, they lose the land, they lose the money, they lose themselves and get mm. nothing. Come back here and, uh, and starve and die and suffer. So at the end of the day, this, this whole thing is a benefit for only traffickers and maybe i can say maybe even the tax that the government gets from 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 this whole labor externalization thing because these companies tell the government that for them they are externalizing labor but the fact is if we don't work if we don't work upon protecting our people especially those doing domestic work abroad it is modern day slave trade and it's trafficking nothing else may i don't want to sugarcoat things that you know people are being given jobs because there are no jobs in uganda it is the truth but then even if there are no jobs in uganda are we going to kill our people are we going to sell our people we are t- we talk about whites how they they practiced slave trade but i think the kind of slave trade we are practicing right now is worse than the slave trade we we we, we learn in school it is worse than apartheid it is worse than what we say people from the west did to us we are doing things to ourselves you can imagine you sell your own blood you sell your own blood to someone knowing very well that it is 99% a risk 1% survival so you even make this person to pay to go and be a slave it is the saddest point of it you make this person pay and you even make them sign contracts to agree to be a slave we were given contracts but the contracts were in arabic i don't know arabic i don't speak arabic you give me a contract in arabic how can i sign such a contract personally i asked for the contract to be interpreted and till i left i didn't see it interpreted i refused to sign but because the, the the person who wanted the maid wanted the maid they did not mind about the contract but i know many people who signed these contracts in arabic not knowing what they are signing recently i've come across people who are, who, who signed to sell their organs because mm. they, are, they they were told they are signing contracts to work as housemaids and right now they are crying asking for help to be brought back home before their internal organs are vested they end up finding out from other people who have learned a little uh, a little arabic mm. they give them apps to monitor them then from these apps is where people are realizing oh my god so i'm having this app because someone is mon- monitoring my internal organs so that one day they harvest me so this is the contract i actually signed it is very sad because people mm. who sell us to these people no they know there is one girl whose name i will not say 
she was brought to me after being repatriated by uh, a certain organization I'm volunteering with. Those I normally take to them these people who need to be repatriated. Mm. Uh, if I get a connection with someone who wants to come back home and they're in danger, I take them to these people. So they repatriated this girl. She came back and she was telling me, this company that took me had signed an agreement with my boss that I was for sacrifice. You can imagine. I mean... I was for sacrifice. These are companies from Uganda. Yes, authorized, advertised on TV. It is very sad that even our media is advertising these companies. And this is a prominent company. I'm telling you, it is a very prominent company. It is found, I won't say its name, but it's found somewhere around Kansanga. I know it very well, 100%. And these people kept on, when this girl was repatriated, they kept on looking for the girl to capture her and take her back because they had been paid and then we had gotten a way of getting this girl out of this house, mm. you know? And it's it's really sad. These are companies owned by Ugandans. Yeah, it's really now, sad. Sometimes I, sometimes I sit back and I be like, why, why, why then would we sit down and start lamenting how the white man hates us? Do we love ourselves? Do we love ourselves, first of all? You are selling your fellow Ugandan to an Arab mm-hmm. because you are getting millions of money. You want to be well. You want to own hmm. big buildings on the expense of fellow Ugandans' blood. This is very sad. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's really sad. It's, it is really sad. Really sad. Your heart, your listeners, we cannot continue beyond now. And for that reason, I'd like to say, join us in the next episode of this same conversation. I'd like to say bye for now. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. Hear my true story. Thank you for listening to our podcast music by Edwin Matovo hosted and produced by Otako. Subscribe to our podcast for more stories and visit us on our website hearmytruestory.com for more stories. All the links are listed in the show notes of this podcast.